1: Don't you miss Canty and Carlin
2: this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio the ESPN app Sirius XM channel 80 and streaming live on ESPN plus ESPN radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys today you can tweet to him at Randy Scott ESPN you can tweet to me at Amber W sports. You can also give us a call. Join the conversation. Triple eight. Say ESPN 888-729-3776. We got some college football tomorrow. Randy shameless plug. You can join me and Randy every Saturday, 10 a.m. to noon. Listen in on ESPN radio to college tailgate. We take you up to the games. We get you ready for all of the college ball action, but we're going to do a little of that right now because we're going to bring our friend Jason Fitz into the conversation. He is live in studio with Randy. They're having a party in Bristol. I'm a little jealous. of of course, Fitz hosts Spain, and Fitz hosts the kickoff. He hosts everything. Y'all know him. Uh, let's let's start here. Fitz Georgia, is anybody going to touch him this year?
3: No. And, and by the way, I listen to you guys every Saturday coming in. Uh-huh. A shameless plug for this. Uh-huh. Y'all do a great job. It's a really fun listen because I get in. Every Saturday around 1130 in the morning, start watching games and charting stuff for the college football show that I do with A.J. McCarron on the digital side. So I'm here all day Saturday. I love the work you guys do on Saturday. So just a quick shout-out. But, yeah, no, nobody's going to touch Georgia. And one of my takes that I think Twitter decided was a hot take coming into the season was that we were overrating Alabama because we're underrating Georgia. I've seen nothing that's changed my mind on that. And for the conversation we've had about the – Uh, changeover uh, on the defensive side of the ball, particularly for Georgia. I would say, why do we give some programs benefit of the doubt when it comes to recruiting and restocking and not Georgia? If you look at their recruiting numbers every year, they've been top five for the last five years. They have a ton of talent. They got the one monkey off their back they had to get with the huge win over Alabama. Mm -hmm. They're playing with the level of swagger that comes with that. I don't like Georgia this year. I love Georgia this year. And By the end of the year, Georgia will be the most dominant team in the SEC, not Alabama.
4: Elsewhere in the SEC, that offensive effort, offensive output from Texas A&M last week, I mean, give a ton of credit to Appalachian State for what they were able to do. That's well and well and good, but that was a real issue with Haynes King, 180 yards of total offense at home against the Sun Belt. Now, it's the Sun Belt for a reason. They can put up points. I didn't know they had the dog in them defensively. What you saw offensively from Jimbo Fisher's side, what can they address? How lasting of a problem is that?
3: It was gross, by the way, and I can't say this loud enough. Like Jimbo is not paid to be the head football recruiter. He's paid to be be the head football coach. And when we spent all summer talking about the talent they've accumulated – Well, if you have the best ingredients and you're still cooking a bad dish, maybe you're not a great chef. And right now, Jimbo Fisher doesn't look with this team like he's a great chef. That offensive line has serious problems, right? And App State's got some big boys that were going after. him, But that offensive line has some serious problems. Haynes King didn't look like he had an idea of where to go with the ball. So not only did you have a quarterback that was getting beat up and hit and pressured, you had a quarterback that didn't look like he had the knowledge of what to do in that situation. Like, had a veer left when and it's coming at you right like it, it looked like he was shell-shocked mm-hmm. and that to me is a staggering statement because as well as App State played and taking nothing away from game day going to be a great atmosphere in Boone North Carolina it is. App State is not Alabama App State is not Georgia App State is not the elite of the SEC and guess what neither is Texas A&M Apparently
2: not. I think that's what we've learned so far. Jason Fitz, Fitz hosts the kickoff every Friday at 6 p.m. and the college football show every Saturday, 7 p.m. on the ESPN app, Twitter, Facebook, and on YouTube. You guys are going to want to check out those shows, absolutely. And there's a big one tomorrow at 3.30. The BYU Cougars, fits are perfect so far this season. Oregon's not one-and-one, one, but BYU's headed to Oregon. Is the is the, Are the Ducks going to bounce back? Is that what we're looking at here? Is BYU finally going to stumble?
3: Uh, no, I think BYU wins this game. And I think long-term, Oregon's going to be fine. But short-term, we've sort of slept on Dan Lanning, the uh, former defensive coordinator of Georgia, coming over to Oregon. It takes a little minute, right? Like, not just to get your players... But to get sort of the culture of who you are, BYU, but BYU has uh, continuity. And one thing we sleep on sometimes with schools like BYU is they tend to have more veteran leadership in that locker room. Guys stay there longer. They play together longer uh, because of the mission, orientation, uh, the, the mission portion of BYU. Some of the guys there are a little bit older. So you end up with older, wiser football against transitioning football. I take the advantage there to BYU simply because of the continuity. And also, by the way, BYU is a, a sneaky... Good football team this year so yeah I think yeah. BYU yeah. wins but I also don't think it's time to press panic on Oregon all right I want to go top five teams I want to come at it from a decidedly
4: and I admit this negative angle oh, okay like yeah. pretend they're not 19 20 and 21 year olds 22 year olds okay. let's just rip them to shreds here for a second no but look at look at top four Michigan and look at top five Clemson and tell me which of those two teams in your opinion is is maybe the most inflated ranking of the two, and I'm
3: trying to put that nicely. No, no, Clemson's overrated right now, okay. and, and I feel gross saying that because I picked Clemson to win the ACC before the ter- this season well, started. I picked them to go to the college football playoff. Could say more about the conference and the team, though. Uh, maybe, but DJ Uyunglele... I had I had a lot of belief in and I'll yeah. go back to before last season. I was hosting one of our college football shows and I remember EJ Manuel and Tom Luganbil were on and they were talking about look, been watching this kid since eighth grade. He is going to be a great quarterback. I went in last year thinking we would see that translate. It didn't. Okay. You lose sixteen mm-hmm. pounds, you refocus. Maybe that was the kick in the butt you need. He still hasn't looked particularly good. Yeah. And Clemson hasn't looked particularly defined in what they're trying to accomplish offensively either. So I I feel like as much as I want to believe in Clemson, the loss of an offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator, the total change in their coaching staff has had more of an impact than I thought it would, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen greatness from Clemson. I, I Michigan, by the end of the year, is going to get reminded they're nowhere near Ohio State, but Clemson isn't as good as Michigan today. I'm just throwing out all the hot day. like I I'm, love it. I'm not mincing any words. <laughs> at me, Twitter. At,
2: at him. Uh, you can get at it. What is it? At Jason Fitz? At Jason Fitz. It's there simple, you go. It's easy. At Jason, Jason Fitz. It's at it's Gary Streisky.
4: I'll spell it for you. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. No, no. I'm kidding. Don't bring poor sweet Gary into this.
2: So, it so fits Marcus Freeman off to a bit of a rocky start here at the helm for Notre Dame. Time to panic for Notre Dame fans
3: um not time to panic, but uh time to start an internal sales pitch because Marcus Freeman's the coolest guy in the room everywhere he goes, and he just looks like the guy you want to show up at your party because it will immediately make you cooler. I remember talking to Gojo Michael Oleg Jr. before the season, and he said, "Look." We're a good team. We're not a great team, but Marcus Freeman's going to get it on track. I think because of the cool factor of Marcus Freeman, everybody believed. That meant they were going to be a great team. They're not. And frankly, right now, I have a real concern. Uh, this might be the only time that, that Marcus Freeman ever in his career is compared to Derek Mason. But Derek Mason, the old Vandy coach, when he was no yeah. longer the defensive coordinator at Stanford, he came over to Vandy. The first thing we learned is he had no clue how to handle the quarterback position. And it was a detriment in everything he did as a coach. Mm-hmm. My concern is so far, Notre Dame doesn't look like they have any clue on how how to handle the quarterback position. And that's with Tommy Reese staying as an offensive coordinator right mm-hmm. so there is a problem there i gotta see marcus freeman handle that and in the meantime he's got to start selling the kids in the room hey we're gonna be just fine everything's gonna be okay like yeah. th- th- this becomes an internal sales i still believe in marcus freeman long term but right now it does not look good no and that guy
4: in tommy reese i mean that it's a guy who had head coaching aspirations i mean they, he was very much in that conversation for that job that, that's why i'm sticking around it was so cool right because mm-hmm. marcus freeman was able to sort of entice him into into staying and keeping that continuity going. All right, enough with the college for a moment. Raider fan Mm. from Las Vegas. Mm. Raider fan over here, SoCal. They were in L.A. when I became a fan. Concern level after what we've seen in the AFC West and how the Raiders weren't able to. That was a gettable game against the Chargers out of the gate. Last night looked like a battle between the two best teams in the division, in my opinion. How are you feeling?
3: My concern level is if there was a, a less than a one, on a scale of 1 to 10. My concern level for this season yeah. is, is like a point .3 yeah, on a scale of that, 1 to 10. What's in that beverage over it's there? It's .3. Let me tell you. It's just water. Okay. Uh, now, I will say this. Um, I went into the year predicting that the Chargers would win the division. Okay. I feel a little off about that that prediction right now. I, I predicted that the Raiders would finish second and the Chiefs would finish third. Okay. All within a game or two of each other. I also predicted a 10-win season for the Raiders and a week-one loss. So I don't okay. think that anything's real. I haven't seen anything that drastically changes my mind the Raiders were out of sync offensively I think that takes care of itself I think by the end of the year they'll have a really good offense also even though they had no sacks against Justin Herbert Kind of the craziest stat of the week to me was pro football focus had the Raiders fifth in the entire NFL in week one for pass rush win rate against that Chargers offensive line. Yeah. And they credited Justin Herbert with the avoidance of more sacks than any quarterback we've seen in the last three years. Yeah. So the Raiders defensive line is going to be fine. The Raiders offense is going to be fine. And if we learned anything last night, is that the Chargers are still going to charge her. I feel better about the chance for the Raiders to finish second. It just might be that Kansas city finishes first in this division. Three teams from the West are going to the The Broncos are going to be garbage, but three teams from the West are going to the playoffs.
4: See, I think the Broncos are going to be better, too. I think they get a a little growing pains out of the way here with Russell Will. I don't know, man. It's such a a good, it is probably, it's the most competitive division in the NFL. No, no doubt. We knew it would be. It is.
2: We knew it would be, and it is living up to the hype. But Jason Fitz, still a man of confidence in y'all's Raiders. Jason Fitz, of course, hosts Spain and Fitz. Fitz hosts the kickoff, hosts the college football show. You can find all of that on the ESPN app. Fitz, thanks for stopping by.
3: Hey, thanks for having me. You guys are the best. This was fun.
2: College football is back. Tune in tomorrow night as LSU hosts Mississippi, Mississippi State. I, I, I'm driving today to give Randy Scott a break because Randy Scott did multiple sports centers today and got up at 125 this morning. And yet I think somehow uh, maybe you should be driving this show because um, I'm having trouble in this segment. Maybe I'll go have a snooze here during the break. But right. presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins 5.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. The fallout over the punishment of Sun's owner, Robert Sarver, continues. We're going to get into that situation next. This is and Carlin, Amber Wilson, and Randy Scott filling in for the
5: guys. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle Not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply with everyone fighting
0: for attention how can your business stand out and connect with customers easy get constant contact constant contacts award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out stay top of mind and see big results
1: You miss Canty and Carlin,
2: Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys today on Canty and Carlin. And things have gone from ugly to worse. Randy in Phoenix, where we know that the NBA suspended Suns majority owner Robert Sarver, and now a minority owner of the team is calling for his resignation, vice chairman and minority owner, Jam Najafi, the team's second largest stakeholder, called for Robert Sarver's resignation in an open letter to team employees released last night saying there should be zero tolerance for lewd, misogynistic, and racist conduct in the workplace. It was an incredibly passionate, well-thought-out letter, Randy, but one that I think is probably completely novel because I'm not used to seeing we see owners protecting owners in these sports, right? Maybe that's some semblance of what's happening here because the NBA didn't exactly Uh, get rid of him or call for his resignation, right? They got rid of him for a year, but he's still the owner of the Suns. Here though, you have a minority owner, not just not protecting owners, but not protecting his own owner a majority owner. In fact, calling for his resignation. I'm not sure I've seen anything quite like this.
4: No, I it's, it's, um, you don't want to say it's infighting because Najafi is standing up for what he believes in. He's probably speaking because there are sort of fractals within ownership groups that don't have the cachet, don't put a face or a name in front of them. It's sort of a holding group situation. And the sons in particular, is a less clear, more muddled ownership situation than other teams in in the NBA. It's not entirely uncommon, but that's just how Phoenix has run itself, and it's sort of been to its own detriment with regard to free agency and and other massive contracts uh, in its franchise's past. All that is to say, though, it's a person putting their name, putting their reputation, putting their money behind what they believe. And it's a popular sentiment. It's a popular sentiment among some massive stars in the NBA, including Chris Paul, who plays for you and plays for your team. Paul was, he was measured in his criticism of the lack of perceived teeth, for lack of a better word, in the NBA's punishment for Robert Sarver. But so he wasn't, he didn't go as far as what LeBron James did and said on his Twitter uh, sort of Missive and, and throwing it out there and saying, this is not enough. We, we do not accept this. And Chris Paul did what he could to sort of echo those, echo those sentiments. But what Najafi is doing is drawing money into the equation. And what that, I firmly believe, led to is what we saw from PayPal today, the jersey patch sponsor in the NBA, not only for the Suns, but for the Mercury and then for a European football club that Sarver has an ownership stake in as well, uh, Real Club uh, Club Deportiva Mallorca in Spain. So they have patch rights and a deal that is set to expire after the 2022-2023 season. And PayPal comes out today and says, we're out unless he's out. And that is what moves this thing. It's not, all due respect to what Najafi has done, one minority ownership stake is not, Amber, going to be enough to move it. Sponsors will.
2: Right, because Najafi is essentially asking Sarver himself to make this decision. Right. Whereas now, if you get the pressure, then you're hoping the pressure comes from the top down if sponsors are involved. And that's where PayPal enters this conversation because... If Starvers starts seeing, hey, now the money is going to dry up and the sponsors are going to dry up and the NBA sees this as a problem, a real problem for the league, then all of a sudden the conversation changes. I I still applaud a minority owner, though, for standing up to a majority owner. That cannot be an easy thing to do because you're not in the power position in that business, right? I mean, quite literally, you're the minority stakeholder. Sarver is the controlling authority here. He's the controlling stake of ownership. And so I think what Najafi's doing here is still very commendable. You mentioned there Chris Paul's statement. You're right, a bit more muted than LeBron James. Also a little bit harder maybe to be quite as harsh when it's, you know, your direct boss. Yes. But uh, Chris Paul on Twitter released a tweet. I am of the view that the sanctions fell short in truly addressing what we can all agree was atrocious behavior. This is... Is interesting to me, Randy, because I feel like the NBA gets a bit of a pass sometimes where everyone thinks the NBA is, you know, from the commissioner down, you know, like they always do things the right way. Right. Whereas like with the NFL, everybody hates Goodell and you're, you always hear the criticism. You mm-hmm. don't get that heat as the commissioner of the NBA as much, but it's not so different, right? When it comes to protecting ownership, I mean, we're seeing in the NFL with Daniel Snyder. Yes, the NBA took action here. I'm not taking anything away from the NBA taking action, but a one year suspension and a ten million dollar fine. I mean, get out of here with your ten million dollar fine, right? Like, if the wealth of Robert <laughs> Sarver, like I, I don't know what that's like, but I'm pretty sure ten million dollars ain't a hit if you're if you're that rich. But the one year suspension, it's something. Sure, he can't be around these teams. I just don't know. If it's really that harmful, like, is it that much of a punishment when, okay, you can't show up to kind of what's work. For the next year, like you can't show up to the games. You'll you watch them on TV while you're on your mega yacht sipping your Mai Tais because you're Robert Sarver.
4: Yeah, yeah, Sarver a Mai Tai guy. I don't know. Is he more of?
2: I just I have all billionaires as Mai Tai guys. I have no familiarity with billionaires. That's what they drink in my mind. In my mind, it's it's in them. It's aperol
4: spritzes and Bellinis. You know, expensive ingredients, not a lot of punch. Um, okay, tremendous points all around. Um, how. How Adam Silver arrived at his gravitas, at his player relationship level that he has, that is far different from Gary Bettman. I, f- I feel like, you know, the Gary Bettman getting booed bringing out the Stanley Cup, that happens every June. Uh, commissioners are there to get booed by fans and celebrated by owners. I mean, they work. At the pleasure of the owners, right? They work sort of in the best interest of the league, which is ultimately uh, in lockstep with the best interest of, of of the owners. How Adam Silver's been able to cross over is how he came into power. I mean, you go back to twenty fourteen and his sort of his first major crisis was a somewhat similar. I, and Adam Silver's gone out of his way this week to to basically say, "Hey, what what Robert Sarver is accused of doing falls short of the standard that I myself put into place." with the Donald Sterling situation with the Clippers. And that's how Adam Silver came in. Silver came in, had the Donald Sterling awful, awful behavior as owner of the Clippers and said, you're done. You don't have the privilege of owning this team anymore and you're fined a couple million. I was like $2.5 million.
2: I mean, we're up against the clock, so I I, I know we got to go to break. But, I mean, this Sarver situation, not so different I don't know that situation.
4: I from from my understanding and this is cursorily cursorily. Uh it, my understanding is the intent like how do how do I put this here? The use of the n-word by Robert Sarver is documented and confirmed. It was in the eyes of the independent investigation not up to the level of say how Donald Sterling it wasn't was on tape. racist in his behavior. Do you understand? So I, it is a, it, listen, I cannot speak definitively on it because I have not read the report front to back, but I believe that question was directly asked of of Adam Silver and he said, it's under my discretion, I determined it did not meet that level, did not meet that bar.
2: Well, it's just interesting. It's an interesting differentiation that Adam Silver has made. We'll see if he can keep up that differentiation as the pressure seems to rise on this situation in Phoenix. Coming up next here on Canteen, Carlin, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. What are we going to learn from the Steelers and the Patriots game this weekend? We will ask someone who is calling the game for ESPN Radio. That's next, right after Randy has this word from FanDuel.
4: All right, Amber, kick off football season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join today to get guaranteed, or rather, join today to get started with $150 in free bets. Guaranteed when you place your first five dollar bet. Just sign up with promo code PLAY. That's P L A Y to get in on the action. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game same game parlay. Don't fumble your chance to get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets, win or lose, with promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza.
6: We know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
1: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
2: You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. He's Randy Scott. Tweet to him. He loves it. At Randy Scott ESPN. I'm Amber <laughs> Wilson. You can tweet to me. I also enjoy it. At Amber W. Sports. Lots of NFL action to get to. Let's bring in our friend ESPN NFL reporter Sal Palantonio joining the show host of NFL matchup on ESPN. Of course, Sal is going to be on the call with Chris Carlin, the host of the show for the Steelers Patriots this weekend right here on ESPN Radio. Pre game for that matchup will begin at noon on most ESPN radio stations. And Sal Pal, thanks so much for joining us. Before I ask you about that game, I want to get your biggest takeaway from last night with Chiefs and Chargers.
7: I am just amazed. You know, I've been covering Andy Reid since he got off the airplane at Philadelphia International Airport in 1999. I actually was uh, with his agent, picked him up at the airport. So I've known Andy Reid since the first day he became a head coach in the National Football League. And uh, I'm just continually amazed about how he can adjust and adapt to pretty much any circumstance, and how he can find with this great young GM he's got, Brett Beach. They find these players who've got speed and hunger to play and ability in critical moments. Um, I, I'm amazed. And I'll tell you the other thing I'm amazed about is uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's revived after what happened last year uh, That after losing. I was there that day when he lost to the Bengals and how dejected they were. They had that game in hand. and lost to the Bengals, and you know this guy is almost running without Charlie. The offense, if you look at the offense, the offense is more horizontal. They still have the same number of um, of, of targets that they they're, they're getting to the wide receivers and to to Kelsey, but they have done a great job adapting and uh, making plays in big situations. Let's go to
4: perhaps the opposite end of the offensive production spectrum here, Sal Powell, and talk about what New England uh, did or, or, or didn't do uh, in their week one loss to Miami. And now they come in a Steelers defense that really pushed the tempo and imposed its will on Cincinnati. And you're, you've been around New England. You know that they start slowly, often. Uh, it's an extended preseason. That's how they treat the, the month of September. I'm curious, just given your feeling around this football team, Sal, does it feel any different to you this time around with Mac Jones, with the multiple offensive voices, all of it, all we all we heard during preseason? How does it compare to you relative to other starts for New England?
7: Well, I think the narrative around the team is that the offense is in disarray, but I would beg to differ. I watched the offense um, – I watched the game back. They moved the ball well. They had a couple of really negative plays that impacted uh, the outcome of the game. But I thought overall Mac Jones had a very good game, and I thought overall the offense showed signs of promise. I'll go with that far, Randy. How's that okay. sound? Okay, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It showed promise. And, you know, the Dolphins' defense uh, under Josh Boyer is pretty good uh, disguise, late safety movement, all that stuff that works in the National Football League right now. If you have the athletes who can do it, and the Pittsburghs do, certainly do. They probably have one of the top two or three safeties in Minka Fitzpatrick. Losing T.J. Watt is big, but when you listen to Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin as defensive coordinator, um, it's pretty clear that they have a you know they have the system. And last week they didn't blitz Joe Burrow. Only 9.2% of the time, according to the ESPN stats and information, did they add pressure to Joe Burrow. They still were able to sack him multiple times, pick him multiple times, because they had a brilliant cover two plan, and they had Watt. Now, without Watt, they probably have to blitz Mac Jones more and not really worry that much more about the back end because Jamar Chase T Higgins and company are not back there. It's a different wide receiver course. So I expect in this game, Randy, mm-hmm. that they will try to heat up Mac Jones early and often. They'll try to get after him.
2: Finally here, Sal Powell, the quarterback situation in San Francisco. Is it already interesting? What do you make of that situation? Of course, I'm talking about Trey Lance, and oh, by the way, that backup quarterback as well, Jimmy Garoppolo.
7: Yeah, so if you were to put up one of those meters, I think Amber interesting would be have already we're already past that. We're going towards the meter is going towards intriguing, and then we're sort of approaching in case of emergency, break glass and pull lever. (laughs) Um, uh, We're we're (laughs) we're getting we're getting close to that. I mean, there were flashes that Trey Lance played well against Chicago when things are designed for him and he has open windows and defined reads. But when he doesn't, it's a problem. So they're going to have to have a really short learning curve because they were a a quarter away from going to the Super Bowl last year. I I was listening to Steve Young on PTI, and I thought it was brilliant what he said right before the season when he was asked about Trey Lance. You have a Super Bowl-ready organization with a Super Bowl-ready front office with John Lynch and a Super Bowl-ready coaching staff and a Super Bowl-ready team and a quarterback who's learning on the job. And that's a tough situation for the rest of the team
2: with a guy who can get to a Super Bowl sitting behind him. So a really interesting (laughs) situation there in San Francisco. Sal Palantonio, check him out again on the call with Chris Carlin. Steelers-Patriots coverage will begin at noon Eastern on Sunday on most ESPN radio stations. Sal Pal, thanks for stopping by.
7: Amber, you're the best. Randy Scott, you know you're my man, (laughs) Randy Scott.
4: (laughs) Have a great great call, Sal Pal. Miss you, bud. All right.
2: (laughs) That was our weekend preview brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico today and see all the ways that you could save. Coming up next here on Canteen and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys. Will the Patriots miss the playoffs this season? We'll answer that and plenty more when we respect it or check it. That's next. This is ESPN Radio.
1: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
2: So we've seen all we need to see, right? We can already determine who's going to be the MVP of the NFL because that's how it is. After week one, you overreact. (laughs) So let's overreact. Let's talk about some of these MVP candidates, and we have the odds from our friends at Caesar Sportsbook that maybe nobody's talking about. You tell me if you think they have a shot at winning it, okay? This one, I think, is a little bit more obvious if we're talking about sleeper candidates in Jalen Hurts. Now, his numbers from week one, 18-32, 243 yards against the Lions, zero touchdowns zero interceptions. He did have a rushing touchdown that was zero passing touchdowns. He couldn't mm-hmm. get it done with his arm. You could argue once again, which is always the question, right, about Jalen, but he's a plus 1,400 in terms of the Caesars odds. Could you see him being MVP?
4: No, no, I, not not this year. I, I did like what I saw between the uh, Jalen Hurts and, and A.J. Brown. I thought A.J. Brown looked a, a, amazing. Uh, I thought it looked incredible, so it's, it stands to reason that the quarterback's going to help you know, the wide receiver and, and be a, a massive part of the wide receiver's success, but no, I don't see, for the reason that you said, he, he'll lean on his legs a fair amount, and I think you do have to put the ball in the air to win it um, in the NFL.
2: Let's move on to Kirk Cousins because we know he's always good for the numbers. He's plus 2,200 as a sleeper candidate for NFL MVP. The Vikings got a big win over no. the Packers in week one. Kirk did that Kirk Cousins thing. You know, he put up the numbers, right? It sounds good on paper. Yeah. 23 of 32, 277, uh, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. He gets paid. He puts up the good numbers, and then it doesn't really result in much.
4: No, I see, and I don't even think the numbers are going to be consistent good Uh, I think it was it was fine against Green Bay I think he's going to lean on Justin Jefferson I could in terms of Minnesota Vikings I think Justin Jefferson has a better chance of winning the MVP than than Kirk Cousins does
2: Justin Jefferson plus 6,000 in terms of the Caesars line there on his chances to Mm. win an MVP you'd win a lot of money if you put money on Justin Jefferson and he got it done it's hard to imagine that a Wide receiver is ever going to win this award. I wish it wasn't a quarterback's award, but that's essentially what it feels like it always comes down to. Quickly, Tua. Tua's uh, plus 4,000. Does Tua have any shot? I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm here to tell you no.
4: I'm also here to tell you no. I didn't like what I saw from Tua in week one. Oh,
2: no. You didn't like it. I mean, you got the dub. Listen, I liked what I saw because what I saw was the (laughs) Dolphins beating the Patriots, which is really what matters. Tua, he was fine. 23 of 33, 270. A touchdown. Mm-hmm. He got the dub, though, Randy. You're right. That's all That's that matters. What matters That's what matters.: This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio. ESPN radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Randy Scott filling in for the guys today. and it is time for one of our favorite segments here on Canty and Carlin. It is time to respect it or check it. Let's go.
5: Respect it or check it.
1: with Kent and
2: So for this one, this is going to be an NFL version of Respect it or Check It. Let's bring in our producer, Devin Kane. Devin, what's up?
4: What's going on guys? You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's go. Alright, Amber, let's start with you. The Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. Are you gonna respect it or check it?
2: going to check this everybody settled down okay I understand <laughs> that there were a lot of blowhards like me and Randy okay Ramber if you will yeah out here saying that the Chiefs are going to take a step back without without Tyreek Hill and so far we look wrong okay so far it's been a couple weeks everybody settled down the Chiefs look like they haven't missed a step because you know Patrick Mahomes is still at the helm and so is that Andy Reid guy they're pretty good and I'll give you that but there's still other teams in this conference. If we're talking about the entire AFC, there are still other teams in this conference that are coming for them. The Buffalo Bills being one of those teams. I am checking this, Randy Scott.
4: I, I say that they are the best team in the AFC West, but not in the AFC. No, it's Buffalo. Buffalo looked terrifying in Los Angeles, taking down the, uh, the defending uh, Super Bowl champion Rams. No, it's. Kansas City has some holes in its secondary. They were exposed uh, on fourth and short. I mean, that pass with with busted ribs that Justin Herbert was able to put together. No, it's all due respect to Kansas City. I think they are going to be a, a, a problem come playoff time, but I think it's Buffalo. All right, Randy, Jimmy G will eventually replace Trey Lance's season. Are you going to respect her. check it? I am going to check it. I think Jimmy G gets dealt at some point my eyes are closed if you're watching on ESPN Plus because I'm trying to think if there's any way that San Francisco would send him to Dallas. And it's no, you wouldn't do that. Oh, man. That's such a good question, dude. <laughs> oh, um, I am going to ch- I'm going to check it.
2: Do you need some more time? I mean, I forget. You know, it was on the rundown before the show. I and forget all. how I
4: mean. it was. You will eventually replace. So replace for good or just like get a start. You know what I mean? Like, will he play this season? Yes. Will he replace him for good? No.
2: You're making this far too I nuanced. know,
4: man. It's so good. That's such a good the, question. The
2: answer is yes. The answer is yes because it may be for a start. Because the oh. temptation is going to be there. Because oh, you can see the ru- criticism already mounting off of one week of Trey Lance because the expectations with this team, because this team is too good around Trey Lance, and because that, brutal, that schedule gets absolutely brutal after week seven. For the 49ers, if Trey can't pick up some of these wins against the bad teams, yeah. the Jimmy Garoppolo is going to find himself in the starter seat again and not traded. But the wild card here is what you said—they could deal him before they need him.
4: Right? Is it respect it, check it, or yes? Is it those three
2: options? No, you don't know how to play the game, Randy. But let's <laughs> let's keep trying. What's all right, next? Adam. All right,
4: deal. deal all right, she got Amber. She the got Patriots me. will God miss the playoffs stabbed. this season.
1: Respect yes. it or check it.
2: I am respecting this. Uh, I've been saying it since the get. The Patriots will miss the playoffs uh, because I genuinely think that when there's so much smoke, there's got to be a little bit of fire. Right. And I understand that we're still talking about Bill Belichick's team, but it was a mess. All the reports coming out of training camp, coming out of the preseason with this Patriots team. And it looked like none of that had been. Solved by the time this team played, my Miami Dolphins. I would love to think my Dolphins are just that spectacular, and maybe defensively they are. But I also think this New England Patriots team looks like it is going to stumble some this season, particularly maybe missing Josh McDaniels. Maybe it does matter. Maybe there will be a little bit of a slump here for Mac Jones, a quarterback that I, I think exceeded expectations in his rookie year. So, yes, I will say also what factors into this. Randy, is that the AFC is loaded and not everybody can make the playoffs? So yes. the Patriots are going to be the team that doesn't.
4: You're right. The AFC is loaded. I respect it. They're the third best team in that division. Are they better than? Are they better than Los Angeles? No. Are they better than Denver? No. Are they better than Cincinnati? No. Are they better than Baltimore? No. It's just musical chairs. They're they're running out of music already. No. All right, Randy. The Vikings will win the NFC North. You can respect it or check it. I'm going to respect it. I am. I think Green Bay will look so much better, but I think Kevin O'Connell brings a different energy. I think he understands Kirk Cousins' limitations. I think Cousins has not improved as a quarterback, but how he's going to be used and how his risk is going to be managed is going to be different, and I think that's going to be enough to get them to win that division. I think Green Bay's wide receiver issues are real. I think they'll still be better, maybe even be a wild card team, but I think Minnesota wins the division
2: quite get why we're doing the whole you know patrick mahomes doesn't miss a beat without tyreek hill but aaron Rodgers misses everything without davante adams thing and where <laughs> hey if you're an elite quarterback then you elevate the talent around you except for if you're that whole you know back-to-back reigning MVP and three-time well, uh-huh. mvp in which case man you get a pass because davante adams left like i don't I don't understand what's happening there. I, I, if if, Green, if Aaron Rodgers is what we think Aaron Rodgers is and what the MVP award has said he is the last two years, then Aaron Rodgers should be able to Patrick Mahomes' his way into elevating this talent around him, I right? Think, shouldn't okay. just be Sky Moore. It should be whatever's going on <laughs> in Green Bay as well. Uh, some of these Watson, all these young guys, they need to step it up. They need to actually catch those passes. I yeah. think they're going to get this thing figured out. And, man, I, I, I'm not falling for the Kirk Cousins Vikings rope it open again. I'm not doing it.
4: What Aaron Rodgers is is 38, and what Patrick Mahomes is about to be is 27. That's why Mahomes gets that benefit to me. I'd rather be at the precip you know, the precipice of the cliff instead of instead of over it with
2: Over Rodgers. the cliff. I, he's yeah. like seven years younger than Tom Brady. What are we talking about? That's over fair. The cl- That's fair. Over the cliff. Tom Brady has reset the entire cliff, which is why you and I are just so young and youthful, Randy Scott. Coming up fair. next, fair. four of our youth. This is Canteen Carlin with Amber Wilson and Randy Scott.
5: Nancy and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.
6: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative,